welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. I want to take time to say thank you for downloading our podcast. It allowed us to become part of your, your life and your world. We certainly hope and pray that you would share us with your friends and your family. Uh, we even have a small church group uh, now that is listening to us as part of their Bible study. We got an email on and we are very honored for that. So please tell other people. If you like us, please share us and tell us uh, about it. You can contact us through our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, all one word. And I would encourage you to go there to the webpage for several reasons. One, there's a prayer request form there that uh, people have submitted and asked for prayers. You can contact us uh, with your prayer request if you have one, and we'd be happy to put that up on the webpage And if you have a question about the Bible, we will do our best to answer it in a future podcast, and you can submit that through our webpage as well. Again, that was Biblical Question, all one word, all lowercase. There you can also find links to our LinkedIn account and our Twitter account. We're kind of getting that stuff going. Uh, LinkedIn seems to be one that's really taken off, and Twitter is not... Twitter is not necessarily Christian friendly, and so I'm not surprised that uh, our listeners are not on there. We've tried to get things going with Facebook, but uh, again, we've really struggled for some reason for them uh, to let us have uh, our own Facebook page. And so, anyway, the best way for us to get more listeners, and they grow each week, we're amazed at the blessings God has provided in this, is through friends and family and listeners passing on information about us to other people who might really enjoy it. We've had a close to almost 100 countries now who have downloaded at least one podcast, and the one country that's only done it one time was actually South Korea. All the other countries, multiple times. And so, I mean, from Europe to the Middle East to Asia, North America, uh, Russia even, Okay, so God is good, and please tell your friends and family about us. And I know there are some places that the podcast has been downloaded or listened to where it's not Christian-friendly. And so I want you to know, if you're listening today, we here at Biblical Question pray daily for you in the church that is persecuted. We pray for all of our listeners, but we really stress our prayers with those who are persecuted. Uh, someday here in the United States... Uh, we, we're we seeing some persecution, but it could get a lot worse. And we need to be praying that God would always allow us to have the freedom to do what we want with our religious uh, beliefs. Whether I would agree with Him or not, that's immaterial. I want God to be able to allow me to continue to do this podcast under the current law, of course, and that with His blessing. And today, we're going to read Second uh, Peter chapter 3 verses 10 through 14, and we're going to continue this study of the book of Revelation. This is church number five that we're going to talk about today. If you've missed the previous uh, episodes on this church, uh, please go to the webpage and download it, and you can listen to us there. We are now on Amazon Music, uh, which is a big jump for us, and we're getting quite a few hits, actually, off of that, and so that's impressive. We, again, only God can do those good things. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10-14 through 14, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, 
in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. And since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you be in a holy conduct and godliness, looking for the, the hastening and the coming of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to His promise, we are looking for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness will dwell. Verse 14, Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found in Him in peace, spotless and blameless. So again, we're going to Turn over to, to uh, Revelation chapter 3 if you want to mark your Bible there. And then open up uh, to Obadiah. We're going to uh, do a little reading there. We're going to connect what Obadiah has to say um, to this church. It's kind of interesting connection. Some reason uh, no one may ever know a woman who really enjoyed a lively form of worship went one Sunday to what she calls a, a dull and informal church. Almost sounds like some of that I've been in, perhaps. And as the preacher reached the end of his first prayer, she, she quietly but firmly said, Amen, Lord, Amen. A deacon who happened to be sitting in the same pew leaned over his own wife's lap and whispered, Lady, uh, please try to control yourself. We don't allow that kind of thing in this church. However, no sooner had the next hymn come to a close that the woman shouted, Praise the Lord! The deacon learned again, leaned over once again and told the lady, We don't do that here. And during the sermon, the lady said, Hallelujah! Praise be to God! The deacon quickly leaned over his wife's lap again and said, almost with a red face. You must quiet down or leave. And the lady says, Oh, I, I really didn't mean to disturb anyone, but I'm just so happy since I found the Lord. Well, the deacon says, You may have found the Lord, as he hissed at her, but I'm quite certain you didn't find him here. You know, there's probably more truth about that little story and many more churches or congregations around the world than we might realize. And as we continue our look at the seven churches in the book of Revelation, I want to give you a quick background again of Sardis. Uh, Sardis is a chief uh, city of the region of Lydia. And in ancient times, it was the capital of the nation of Lydia. And it was a great money center, the center of minting trade. Historians state that there was a river close by in which gold could be found without too much work. The wealth of this city was legendary in its day and time. And the city sat about 1,500 feet up in, in the air on a ledge of a mountain. From a military standpoint, it would be good ground to hold and it would be hard ground to take. And I, I, I want to connect it here with another city found in the Old Testament, and that would be in Obadiah 
Obadiah, the first four verses. And if I'll be reading out of the New American Standard update. It says, Thus says the Lord concerning Edom. We have heard a report from the Lord. And an India sent among the nations, saying, Arise, and let us go up against her for battle. Behold, I, I will make you small among the nations. You are greatly despised. The arrogance of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the cleft of the rock, in the loftiness of your dwelling place, who say in your heart, Who will bring me down to earth? Though you, you build high like the eagle, though you set your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. This gives the city really a, a very false sense of security. Being up on top of a mountain, off the main path, and their great wealth could, could pay off anyone who would take the pains or the time, take the effort uh, to take over this city and, and destroy it military-wise when they're sitting on top of a mountain. But after Rome would conquer Lydia along with the rest of the world, Sardis began, begins his spiritual decline. Sardis, for all of its intents and purposes, was a dying city. And in this case, it's a sad state that the town also was reflected by the state of the church. And what I mean is often as the case goes with the town, so goes the church. The main uh, pagan worship uh, was to a god called Sibyl. I guess it's how it's pronounced, C-Y-B-E-L-E. -E. You know, and I, and I see the church in decline a lot in, in, in the area that I'm in. Uh, the teachings are uh, weak at best, or there's no teaching at all, or it's just the same topic over and over again. So as we begin today, I want you to turn with me to Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to read this first six verses. And uh, it says here, To the angel of the church in Sardis write, He who has seven spirits of God in the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, which you are about to die. For I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So remember what you have received and heard, and kept it and repent. Oh, there's that word repent again. Therefore, if, if you don't wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. If you kind of notice this letter from Jesus as John writes it out, starts off a little different than the others. The message right off the top, really, is one of judgment. Because here we have a church on the outside, and it looks to be alive, and it looks to be doing God's work. The town must be thinking this as well, thinking, wow, that's what a church that is. That's a wonderful place to go, perhaps, you know. Maybe everyone who was a member there went to worship in all the church functions. They were there every time the building was unlocked giving some of the people from the outside uh, looking at it a good feeling and, and may not have anything really negative to say about this congregation at all. 
But Jesus himself says that's, that's not completely true. He said that's wrong. And really, this would be a, a really a rude awakening for this congregation. I, I could only imagine here today uh, if somebody, you know, Jesus would say, hey, you know what? Everybody in town thinks that this is a great community church here and everything looks to be good, but <laughs> boy, you got those people fooled. You know, everyone in the community thinks God, uh, that we're God-fearing people and we're practicing what God commands us to be doing. And But then here comes Jesus again, and he just right in your face, point blank, says uh, that you're not the church that you think you're presenting yourselves to be. Christ is telling this congregation uh, they do not deserve the great reputation that they have. It would be one thing if they were really worthy of it. But I do not see uh, Jesus saying that they have this right at all. They are void of any kind of works Christ would have them be doing. Just like all the other churches that we've looked at so far, uh, they're they're allowing the world to dictate to them. Uh, Or in other words, they're allowing the worldly influences to guide them. They're trying to be politically correct, we might say. Spiritually sleeping is not advised. It's actually really deadly to your soul. Try and think about a a nice, pretty, green house plant. It it just catches your eye, and so you go over and you look at it a little closer. You see these all the time at at doctor's clinics here. But you get over to it and you discover, you know what? It's plastic. It's fake. Made in China. And the plant... Looked alive from a distance, but when you got close up to it, it's really dead. There's nothing lively about a plant that's made out of plastic. How fresh is the snow covering up a graveyard? You know, when it looks, it's been snowed all night, and you wake up in the morning, it looks so nice and crisp. You know, there's no no dirt there, no mud. It looks really pretty, but really. Underneath, it's nothing but dead. I mean, there's just dead bodies there. Dead grass. And, and, and Jesus, I don't think he could say it any clearer. If you do not wake up, you will not see me coming, and judgment will be upon you. You know, I recall years ago, when I was in basic training, sleep was one of those things that you just never seemed to get enough of. I recall one afternoon sitting around waiting for a battery of shots from the medics, and it was nice, and it was cool outside, somewhat relaxing. So before I knew it, I drifted off to sleep. And anybody who's been in the military already knows you don't do that. Because the next thing I recall was the drill sergeant holding my nose, walking up to me. uh, I didn't see him coming. And then waking up, to this was not really a pretty picture if I recall right I had had a lot of push-ups I had to do but you know if we fall asleep spiritually as the church and we do not wake up we're not going to be ready for judgment day when we do finally wake up it very well could be too late let's keep reading here out of Revelation chapter 3 verse 4 says but you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will 
walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Verse 5. For he who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments. And I will not erase his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Here in in verse 5, I want to challenge all of us to understand something. If Christ says he will not erase those names from the book of life who have been clothed in white, if I'm reading this right, and this is true, what he says, the opposite has to be true as well. Those who do not have white garments will be erased from the book of life, meaning your name might have been there at one time, and now it's gone. And for me, this is a strong argument from Christ himself and speaks out once saved, always saved. I understand there's grace, there's mercy, and we all sin and fall short every day. And we need Christ's blood and forgiveness and mercy and understanding. But those who, who fall asleep spiritually and don't think, well, God will ever punish me, I will never go to hell because he loves me, because that's a common belief and teaching in America right now. I can live the life I want, I can do what I want, and I can say what I want, and God will love me, and I will be in heaven. That's a dangerous teaching. And for those who have accepted that, I need to take a step back and read this verse again. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life. Here's an example, too. Here's Moses and God having a conversation. And it really almost makes the the exact same statement here. Exodus 32, verse 33. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Again, back to the verse 5 that we just read, read. Jesus simply is repeating himself why he is here in his ministry, listen to this. Matthew 10, verse 32. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before man, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. How do we confess? Well, there's a verbal thing. I believe in Jesus. I know he's God. He's the creator. He is my sustainer. I believe that he was born of a virgin, suffered, died, uh, crucified. He bled. And he was buried, and he walked out of that tomb three days later. But we can verbally say that, and that's good. We should. But do we live it? If we stay strong and faithful, Jesus' promises are there for the taking. And I personally can't think of something more wonderful as to have my name presented to the Father by my Savior, Jesus. Despite all these harsh words from Jesus, He does take the time to recognize there are a few people who are doing His will. These brave souls will walk with Jesus in white. Again, white is the symbol of purity. We talked about this in a previous podcast with one of the other churches. A symbol of purity and victory. For they are worthy 
simply implies they are reflecting Christ in their lives. Not only by word, but by the things that they are doing. And no matter what the hardships are, what the world is doing around them, these souls have not taken in the false teaching. They have not given in to errors of those around them. They, they clearly have remained pure in the sight of an almighty pure God. It was common practice for a Roman general who had been victorious. He would dress in white robes during this triumphal uh, procession. And John will also, the apostle, he will also describe those souls who are victorious wearing white robes. We're already in the book of Revelation. Turn over a couple of chapters with me to Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, and palm branches were in their hands. You know, as with all these letters to the seven churches, Jesus uses the wording, He who has an ear, let him hear to what the Spirit says to the churches. We all, we all, including me, we all need to stop and take time and listen to what Jesus has to say. Where we spend our eternity depends upon it. We are eternal beings. From the moment we were conceived in our mother's womb to the minute we're in, uh, we, we die physically, where our soul will continue to live. And where that soul will be, our soul will be, really depends on us asking, seeking, reading from God. We all need to do this self-examination. Where are we spiritually? If we need to work on this area, what are we going to do about it? Where am I spiritually? What am I going to do about it if, if I'm not spiritually walking in the light of Christ? These two questions, they, they pull in conjunction with each other. We, we cannot sufficiently answer one without answering the other. So today in the podcast, where do we all stand in regard of our relationship with God? God desires that we all be strong, vibrant, alive. He desires us to have a strong, full of energy, having a full personal relationship with Him. He is wanting for all of us, and He wants all of us to, to come to Him and confess Him as our Savior, as the King of glory, as the shepherd, and we are His sheep. I certainly hope that you are enjoying uh, these, this series out of the, of the book of Revelation, uh, the seven churches. I know some of them are a little longer than others. And if you have not listened to all of them to this time and point of the release, uh, please go to our webpage and you can find them there. I know many of the podcasting apps, you can 
You can go back in the history of what we've released and listen to that. And we actually have people downloading uh, podcasts now from over a year ago. We occasionally get a note uh, from our server saying somebody did that. That's great. We're, we are honored and blessed to be able to do this. And without your prayer and without your support, uh, we, we couldn't do this. And of course, we could never do it without God. Again, I want to encourage you to, to tune in again next week to tell your friends and family about us and how you found us and so they could listen too if you think they would be beneficial for them. And next week, we're going to continue uh, talking about the seven churches of Revelation. Uh, we're going to talk next week about Philadelphia. And uh, the title of that will be A Door of Opportunity. And that will be out of chapter 3, verses 7 through 13, if you'd like to read and study ahead. I know one of the listeners uh, made that comment in an email. They kind of like to know where we're heading. And sometimes I don't necessarily know when I record from one podcast to another. But since we're in the series, it's pretty easy for me to do that. Again, thank you for listening. May God bless you, and may He have the glory. Thank you.